Broadcasting live from Global Headquarters and RP Enterprises in Greenwood, Missouri. Stand by on this frequency. After 22 years of entertaining FM radio listeners across the U.S., across the U.S., this man is the owner and executive producer of the award-winning Heartland Waterfowl on Sportsman's Channel, CEO and founder of Dumar Chemical Solutions, and the man behind the mic of Paparan Radio Voiceovers and Production. He's the man. Mm. The man. The legend. That's right. A global icon. Uh-huh. Future Nobel Prize winner. What? And of course, he paid me to say all this. Really? Literally. Damn right. Welcome to the Papa Ron Podcast. Here's your host, Ronnie Phillips. Ronnie Phillips. It has finally arrived, ladies and gentlemen, the Palmer Road Podcast is underway! And I'm going to tell you right out of the gate, this is the official theme song of the Papa Ron Podcast. When times get tough, you got to roll with the changes, baby. So if you don't like Ario Speedwagon, I just get the hell out of here. That is the theme song of the Papa Ron Podcast. And welcome to the very first episode. Every show is going to cover a variety of different topics. And hopefully, sure to offer something for everyone, from personal development, entrepreneurship, mental health, hunting, fishing, sports, sports betting, and so much more. And, of course, you can even interact. You can interact with the Papa Ron Podcast by simply calling in, leaving a voicemail, or you can text into the show by calling 816-558-6389, Be sure to uh, subscribe to the Papa Ron Podcast. We are on all the popular podcast platforms, from Spotify to Apple and Amazon Google, CastBox, and the Papa Ron Podcast video can also be seen on the Papa Ron Podcast YouTube channel. So, hey, a little bit later on in the show, we're going to be talking to a good friend of mine who actually was a radio veteran of 27 years. He worked at Mix 93.3 in Kansas City. His name is Matthew Blades, who currently resides in Arizona, but he's no longer doing radio. We're going to find out why he left radio, what is it that he is doing now, and why is it or how is it that Matthew and I reconnected after nearly 20 years, making him the very first guest of the Papa Ron podcast. But, but without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome my two special co-hosts to episode one of the Papa Ron podcast from Marathon Media Management, Dakota Thurn, Quentin Verlinick. Yeah. We are glad to be here. See here at RP Enterprises Global Headquarters, we have a very large in-studio crowd and, um, Unfortunately, there was a big old line outside that we had to turn a few people away, but I want to thank everyone in attendance for that big round of applause for Marathon Media Management. Thank you guys for being here. Yeah, it's got me a little shell-shocked, the audience, the crowd outside, I know. everything. I was kind of nervous. Well, you did, bring, you did bring gifts, and uh, I want to thank you. So cheers to the very first Papa Ron podcast. Cheers. Thanks to you cheers. guys, Marathon Media Management. So just take away the, the little jitters and have a little sip there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys know I'm a bourbon guy. So, um, I'm telling you, there, there is a lot of reasons for why I wanted you guys to be here today, and we're going to get into that, and some of it's very deep and emotional, but we're going to talk about that a little bit later. There is a popular question that is about amongst my art circle and you know the people that are in my network on social media, and, and the question is, why is it called the Papa Ron Podcast? And honestly, it's a Nick, it's a name that I was coined and I didn't even coin it. 
It was you guys amongst the, the Heartland Waterfowl team that gave me the name. Yeah, it's because you're the old guy. <laughs> I'm the old balls. Yeah, old balls gets uh, Papa Ron. He's the guy that is the father figure, the glue that uh, keeps us all together, if you would say. Right. And, Sometimes. of course, it kind of rhymes with Papa John. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, and maybe they're, you know, hopefully they might be a sponsor of the Papa Ron podcast here since I just gave them a plug. Uh, Papa Roach, you know, which kind of sounds similar to Papa Ron and they're hopefully maybe we'll get the licensing rights to use their music on the show. So, but anyway, it's basically a crack at my age. I'm 46 years old above and beyond older than, than all of the other guys on the Heartland Waterfowl team. And I didn't want it to just be the Ronnie Phillips podcast. I wanted to have some sort of flavor to it. And I thought, well, what the hell, let's just be Papa Ron to everybody. Uh, uh, everybody who's listening. So that is the answer to your question. And you know, my goal for this podcast is to make this kind of a, um, I mean, I would love for you guys to co-host every single week because we have so much in common and there's a good flow and chemistry. Um, but there's, you guys are so busy with what you're doing at marathon. So I know that that's not possible, but the goal then is to have a special co-host for this show, uh, on each episode. And uh, there's a significant reason why I chose Dakota and Q to be the first co-host on episode one. And again, we're going to get into all of that a little bit later. But how we met and how we've kind of evolved, we kind of discussed all of that already on your your guys' very own podcast. Yes, The Juice. The Juice podcast. Now, I will tell you that there is another podcast out there called The Juice. Did you know that? I know, but they're not as good as us. Well, I don't even think they have an episode. <laughs> well, I we think got- they just have a trailer and that's Whoa. it catch up. Right. So if you get a chance, I would love for you to go subscribe and listen to the interview that I did with them back on April 8th. That kind of talks about um, how we all met and how that relationship flourished into the involvement of Heartland Waterfowl and beyond. Um, and then it go, and then your guys's podcast, you guys really discuss a variety of different topics as well. Yeah, we get into it all. Uh, one of the big things for us is we just want to be able to talk what uh, we're interested in. Right. And we're by no means experts in any of the subjects that we're interested in. No. But uh, it's just a time for us to, it's kind of like therapy for us, you know, being able to just sit down, talk, uh, go through points, uh, you know, have a little bit of argument every once in a while. I kind of like that. Enjoy right. that. Ha- hear some counterpoints. But yeah, it's a good time. Well, a lot of the passions that I have are the ones that you guys have and vice versa. So, I mean, for my time listening to the Juice podcast, there's hunting and fishing and entrepreneurship. Uh, uh, real estate, flipping houses, content creation, all of that and so much more. You'll find that on the Juice Podcast. So after this show, not right now, but after this show, get on to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to the Juice Podcast. So before we get into all the deep, and, and it's going to happen on this show, I know there's a lot of energy right now and we're all excited, but I'm, I'm telling you that there is a reason why it's going to get deep here a little bit later on. Before we get there, um, on the Papa Ron podcast, let's discuss marathon media management. Now, you guys are really young. You're mid twenties, right? Like twenty four, twenty five. Twenty seven. Oh, you're twenty seven now. 27. You can't be twenty seven. Just turned twenty five. Right. Monday. So you're young guys, basically in your middle twenties, and you're doing some really incredible things. Which is, you know, like we're a product of our environment, which is much, uh, a big reason why you guys are involved with Heartland Waterfowl in the capacity that you are because you do great work and a lot of things that you're even doing is inspiring to me. So what is it about Marathon Media Management? Where did it come from? Where was the vision? Vision? Uh, where was the vision that launched that business? Uh, so Marathon for me was kind of basically the, uh, the step past um, imposter syndrome. You know, I had this imposter syndrome of being a creator and running a, and 
not only just being a creator, but also running a business. You know, I was a young guy. Um, I had been through a handful of other different partnerships and stuff like that. And uh, Marathon now is like the staple or is the like flag in the ground that is, okay, we're official. We're a full-on production company. We can shoot a television show. We can do podcasts. We can do anything under the sun that has to do with media. We can do from uh, media management to um, creating all the content for brands. Um, so basically for us, it was somewhere to uh, hold, you know, all of these things that we wanted to compass with our business there underneath the marathon name. And uh, now it's something we take pride in. Like we, we, uh, we rep the, the marathon stripes and mm-hmm. uh, we're excited about it. And we, I feel like now we're finally getting our feet underneath us and starting to, you know, dial in on our vision and where we're going to be at. So uh, it's very exciting. It's a very exciting period right now for us. It's awesome. It, I mean, you guys have come so far. And again, you can hear about how Heartland Waterfowl and myself, along with Dakota and Q, got connected by listening to their podcast. And, I, and in fact, I encourage that you do that. But I know where you were from the infancy stages of being involved in the industry and, and doing content creation. And my God, the level that you guys have taken it and... and um not only for Heartland Waterfowl, but for yourselves. And, and from where you started to where you are today, it is unbelievable. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break. Um, we're going to discuss your guys' involvement with Heart, Heartland Waterfowl in the recent launch of the, Heart, of the Heartland Waterfowl original series. We're also going to share a few stories and funny moments while we've been on the road. There was a little incident with you and I in the bathroom in North Dakota. We'll, we'll get to that in just a bit. It's going to be pretty funny. Also, later in the show, we're going to get real deep and personal about a topic that is very relevant to me and how it's relevant to many others. There's a significant moment in my life that included these guys and inspired me to launch this Papa Ron podcast. All of that and an interview with former Night Slammer at Mix 93.3 in Kansas City, Matthew Blaze, coming up on the Papa Ron podcast. The Papa Ron podcast is brought to you by the award-winning Heartland Waterfowl, airing now on Sportsman's Channel. Check heartlandwaterfowl.com for air times. The all-new Season 9 debuts in July on Sportsman's Channel. And don't forget about the new original series on the Heartland Waterfowl YouTube channel. Check it out, and don't doubt the scout. Now, back to the Papa Ron podcast. Here's Ronnie Phillips. Don't forget, you can follow the Papa Ron podcast on Instagram and find out about future guests and topics. And remember that you can be a part of this show by simply texting in or leaving a voicemail at 816-558-6389. Also encourage you to check out the home of the Papa Ron podcast at paparonradio.com. Coming up, going to be talking with Matthew Blades. Some of you might remember him from his days working nights in Kansas City at Mix 93.3. He's also worked in Washington, D.C. He's been in Milwaukee and a lot of other radio markets. He has a very interesting and inspiring story, and one of which I can relate to, and that's coming up a little bit later in the show. So, special co-host of the show, Dakota Thurn, Quentin Verlinek, also known as Q, so I'm going to probably just call him Q for the rest of the show. They're with Marathon Media Management. You two have been involved now with Heartland Waterfowl for, what, three or four years now? Maybe you five. I I think I'm on five. Um, Talk about that journey, because you guys started out as super fans of the Heartland brands, be it Heartland Bowhunter and Heartland Waterfowl. And then you kind of came on a few trips. Then you became hired full time, not only to field produce, but also to be contracted to produce the original series on YouTube. Yeah, it's been a uh, long road for sure. I, uh, I remember getting the first phone call uh, to be a part of one of the first trips. 
and uh, I was driving an explosive truck at the time. <laughs> and uh, if you would have told me that uh, that phone call was going to turn into basically a paradigm shift for my life um, as of now, you know what I mean? If you would have told me that, I would have been like, you're crazy. There's no way that that phone call is going to turn into what it has now. Mm-hmm. What about you, Q? Uh, very similar. I got my first phone call two years ago from Papa Ron himself. Was I the one who called you? I'm pretty sure. I thought I thought that I only communicated with the popular My, Q uh, through his agent, Dakota Thurman. Yeah, you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, but same deal for me. Uh, I went through. I was working at an irrigation company and mm-hmm. told him, you know, I got, I got a uh, chance, of, opportunity of a lifetime to do, so I'm going to take it, and I did it. So I'm glad I ha- I I have taken it and. But you guys really were super fans before yeah, we right. even, you know, got, again, we talk about a little bit of this on the Juice Podcast. Again, you need to check that out on your favorite podcast platforms. Um, but you guys really were super fans. Yeah, I legit was like the biggest super fan of all. Like I paid attention to all the stuff, went to all the premieres. Like I was the one waving their hand uh, in the crowd, like trying to get giveaways and stuff. <laughs> I mean, everything oh, yeah. like newsletter, subscribe. I wanted to be like, the first in the line to get the Yeti's yeah, of yeah. all that. Oh, yeah. I'm hoping that we're going to do that again this year. We'll actually talk about the premiere next week on the Papa Ron podcast. Um, what about most memorable moments? Like you guys have been on the road with us now for a few years, and and I don't know that people understand that when we go on the road, it's basically at a week at a time. You know, five to seven days that we are in this brotherhood, living in close proximities. There's bound to be some crazy stuff that's going to happen. Um, what are some of the most memorable moments that you've got since you've been on the road with Heartland Waterfowl? Um, I mean, we've had, uh, that's a tough question. Here's the crazy thing is whenever you say most memorable moments, there's all sorts of camaraderie things that you could think of, but also we've had some of the most incredible hunts that anyone could ever dream of for the last however many years that I've been apart. And you guys have been doing it longer than I've been apart, but we're talking about bucket list hunts. So, I mean, there's we would you don't have enough time and we don't have enough SD cards and we don't have enough footage <laughs> to be able to talk about the uh, amount of hunts that we've been on that have been incredible. But um, I think this year, uh, one of my most memorable was, was definitely this year. We're doing the YouTube stuff. Whenever we finally felt that we like got it, mm-hmm. like the light switch, and it was like the production time shrank. Uh, you know, we, it was taking like four hours to get an episode. It went down to two. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally felt like we got the speed and like we all were kind of like getting the, it was just like a light bulb moment. Right. Um, and it was happened about mid season. So yeah, that was, that was big for me, but I mean, I've been on incredible hunts all over the freaking place. So you're not going to say your most memorable moment is when you took a crawdad to the nipple. I mean, that's, that's one of my memorable, most memorable moments when I think of Dakota Thurn on the road with Heartland Waterfowl. I wonder if I wouldn't have done that if I wouldn't have made the impression and you guys wouldn't still be hanging out with me. Right. If I wouldn't. There might be a lot of truth to that, actually. Yeah. I mean, you would take one for the team. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, you would a- go above and beyond, not only with just the work ethic, but if we said, hey, what, how funny would it be if some idiot decided to let this, this crawdad pinch its nipple? Dakota's quickly, I'll do it. We're like, Perfect. Kind of like the intern or, you know, the guy that you're going to send out if you've ever listened to like a morning show where they basically pick on the intern to do the stupid stuff. Like you were the intern. I think they call that hazing. There, <laughs> I think there's some legalities to that or there, there could be some further prosecution. So I'm just going to stay away from that. Q, do you have anything that you that really stands out as a memorable moment from being on the road? 
man, it's hard to pick when you've been on the trips that we have, but I think like Dakota said, I don't think it's more of the camaraderie. I think for as a hunter in general, man, I gotta say that first morning high high plains. I knew he was gonna say Wyoming. He loved Wyoming. Wyoming was just beautiful. You can't complain about that. You know, we shot limits every day. That and we shot a limit in forty five minutes. I'm just surprised you picked (laughs) that after missing a quill, like like moneyed up, like a good quill, not just like a little white patch quill. Like this is a trophy quill. And it is moneyed up. We need one more bird to finish our day. And we're going to finish with a quill, a trophy quill. Boom. Boom. No. Boom. Yeah. Bom, and we bom, got bom, footage bom. of it, too, so it makes it even worse. It wasn't like, oh, I don't think it was a quill. Nope. It was. Actually, I still yeah, love the fact that you pick Wyoming and High Plains Wing Shooters. Aaron Garcia was good, is going to love to hear that on the podcast, that you still, after all of that mm-hmm. heartbreak and tragedy, that you still pick them as one of your most memorable. So I'm going to tell you that, like, obviously after doing this for 10 years, I've had a lot of different crazy memories, but one of which that that involves Dakota happened this past year. It was the very first trip of the year. Um, and, man, I'm telling you, I'm really putting myself out there by telling this story. But um, we got back from hunting. I got the bubble guts. I had to run in. There's two bathrooms, and one's on both bathrooms are on each side of the wall back-to-back from one another and there's Dakota's in the one bathroom taking a shower and I have got the bubble guts and I got to poo. I got to get into a bathroom immediately. And this is like, this is like explosive diarrhea situation. So I don't have time to evaluate my surroundings. AKA I don't have time to check to see if there's toilet paper. And so I sit down and I just like relieve, you know, get, get this stuff out of me, the toxicity. And I realize when I turn, there's no toilet paper. I'm checking all the drawers. I'm checking under the sink. There's nothing. Thankfully, everybody is gone from the, from the lodge that we're in, but I have gotten out to get over this other bathroom. And I know that you're taking a shower. I think I partly forgot about it because I'm traumatized now that I'm going to have to walk out of this room with not knowing what I'm going to walk into. And, and I was hopeful that you could just still be in the shower and I could sneak in there get some toilet paper, get back out. Nobody's going to see me, but I got in there and I opened the door and you had just stepped out of the shower and you literally pulled the towel up to cover yourself. And you're looking at me with my pants basically around my junk, but only surrounding my junk hovered with my up, butt hanging over. Yes. And my butt hanging over my belt and, and butt hang or and poop hanging off of my butt. And you're looking at me like, what is going on here? And I'm so embarrassed. And I was like, bro, just give me a second. And I quickly went to the toilet and sat down and I'm like, I had the bubble guts. I had to go. It was an emergency. I ran out of toilet paper. I didn't know what else to do. I had to come in here and you're like, okay, just don't do anything let me dry off, get my stuff, and I'm going to get out of here. You did not want me to wipe in front of you. Yeah, it, it, was, it was bad enough that you came in there whenever I was in the shower. But then, right. it, then we had to have a conversation while you were on the toilet about why you were in there. And I was like, it was okay. very uncomfortable. Yeah, let, let me put my underwear on and then you can wipe. Just sit there and let me do my thing. Yeah, that was that was awful. But and I'm calling HR about it. I bet you are. I wouldn't blame you for that. All right. So that was that was one of the most memorable moments. But obviously, we've had an incredible amount of uh, great hunting moments and obviously a lot more to come. So after the break, we're going to get real deep with uh, Dakota and Q. And it might even get just a little bit emotional. 
I'm going to discuss a particular day this past January when I had to swallow my pride and I had opened up to these guys about something that was very personal that I had been internalizing for about two years and how that conversation pretty much changed everything for me and eventually inspired the Papa Ron podcast. Hang tight. That very raw and emotional conversation along with a fun and inspiring conversation with radio DJ legend Matthew Blades. It's all coming up next on the Papa Ron podcast. The Papa Ron Podcast is brought to you by Dumar Solutions. Dumar Solutions, offering affordable chemical and PPE solutions for any industry. Automotive, industrial, manufacturing, concrete, and asphalt construction. Also offering kitchen cleaners, corrosion control, and specialty coatings. Detergents, cleaners, and degreasers, laundry care, floor care, odor control, personal hygiene, and much more. Do more with Dumar. Inquire with any of your needs at Dumar Solutions. That's D-O-M-A-R-E solutions.com. Now back to the Paparon podcast. Here's Ronnie Phillips. Eight one six five five eight six three eight nine eight one six five five eight six three eight nine. There's actually been a few people who have texted in on the text line. Give me a second and I'm gonna check that right now because I was I got pretty excited. This is just the very first podcast and wasn't expecting a whole lot of people checking in. D line or I'm sorry, D Long. You guys probably don't know D Long. Sean Luckdell went out and hunted with him. I think they were shooting elk or chasing elk out in Arizona. I met D Long at the the premiere several years ago he checked in with the text says hey it's Derek Taylor out in Arizona wishing you the best of luck on the podcast um Austin Jamison also wishing us love uh Austin Jamison is actually the son of uh Bruce Jamison who's the taxidermist for Heartland Bowhunter checking in and wishing us luck I got Kelly who's checking in from Wisconsin and saying good luck with your new adventure. Can't wait to listen from Wisconsin. So again, 816-558-6389. You can be a part of the show. You can call, leave a message if you ever want to uh, you know, ask questions or make comments. Or you can simply just um, send a text message. So we've got a few minutes here before we got to check in with um, our special guest tonight, Matthew Blades, former Night Slammer on Mix 93.3. But I wanted to, before talking to him get into my story. Now, I want you guys to understand that this podcast is going to be a variety of different topics. And again, we talked about that in the beginning of the show. It could be about entrepreneurial business stuff. This could be about um, uh, mental health. It could be about personal development. I love sports and sports gambling. Naturally, I love hunting and fishing. It could cover any of those topics. And it's not just exclusive to those topics. But uh, there was a reason why the Papa Ron podcast became what it is. I mean, that it actually ever became a thing. It wasn't just one day I woke up, you know, like I'm really starving to do this radio thing again. I'm, I think maybe I'll just do a podcast. That's not really how it works. So um, I'm, if you guys don't mind giving me an opportunity to kind of tell the story and I don't even really know where to start. I've got this show kind of scripted out. I wanted it to have structure. And, and then when I got to this bullet point, all it says is my story. Um, so I'm just going to dive into it. Um, I had a health uh, scare uh, and, uh, that required me to go to the doctor back in January. And I wasn't sure what that scare was. And, um, I'll back up a little bit and kind of tell you why, um, I got scared and it kind of goes back several years where I was getting a lot of, def- or not several years, let's just say a couple of years, I was getting serious defig irritability. And then it just kind of developed to all these really weird things. So let's, Fast forward a couple of years to this past uh, January, I guess it's when we went to Wyoming. Um, I, my family, 
or I should say my daycare for my son had a COVID scare. And so we weren't sure if we were going to put a, be able to put Rhett in daycare. And it was the same day that we were supposed to be leaving for High Plains Wing Shooters in Wyoming. So I had called you guys and said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go. But you guys come to my house, get the, get the Honda, get the trailer, go ahead and get on the road. And if I can come later, I'll jump in and, and I'll just drive up, which is actually what I ended up doing. Found out that the scare was, were, you know, nothing to be scared of. We could send the, the kid to daycare the next day. I left at six o'clock at night, drove to Wyoming, um, nine hours away in the middle of nowhere, Nebraska, in the middle of the night, my whole body just started itching. And I mean, it wasn't like it just worked behind my ear and and then down the rest of my body. It was my whole body was on fire itching and it lasted for about three days. You guys had to remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was talking about, man, is there a, a, a dermatologist in Torrington? Because I cannot get any relief. I don't know why this is happening. It just instantaneously, middle of the night, nowhere, Nebraska, I just started itching. But then three days later, it just went away. Really weird. Come back home. I'm home for a couple days and um, I have to leave to go to a trade show, otherwise known as SHOT Show in Las Vegas. And you guys know me. I'm a social butterfly. I worked in radio for 22 years. I like to party. I like to have a good time. I like to gamble. Um, I'm never one to just leave a trade show and then go back to the room and go to sleep. And that's exactly what I did each day that I was in Las Vegas. And the 10 years that I've been going to SHOT Show, never have I done that. I was just, I was beat. And all I wanted to do was go back to the room and I slept a lot. And everybody was like, what is going on with Ronnie? And it's all, I don't, maybe I got, maybe I got COVID, you know, because fatigue is kind of associated with, with COVID. So go out the very last night with Logan and Chris and a few of the guys, and I'm making myself go out, even though I'm tired. And then they later say, Hey, let's go to this one nightclub. And I'm like, guys, I can't do it. I don't have the energy. It's like 1030. I'm like, I'm just going to go back to the room and go to sleep, which I did woke up early. We got an early flight the next day. And, um, when I say early flight, it's a nine o'clock flight. Um, I got a boarding and I'm in the second row and I'm sitting in the window and I feel perfectly fine. I'm well rested. It's not like I partied all night. It's not like I got drunk or, you know, hammered or whatever. Um, and it's a full flight like it typically is going to and from Vegas. And I, um, I'm feeling perfectly fine flipping through social media on my phone until, um, the guy hits the middle seat. When the guy hits the middle seat, and let me just say this, the guy was perfectly normal. He wasn't overweight. It's not like he smelled really bad. When he hit the middle seat, I went to a full-fledged panic attack. I was sweating. I was hyperventilating. I couldn't breathe. I felt like my chest was caving in. I was freaking the F out. Um, I quickly asked these gentlemen sitting next to me if they could get up so I could get off the plane. I couldn't get off the plane. I was so scared. It was like, I need my mommy scared. Um, I go up to the, the flight attendant and I say, ma'am, I, I don't know what's going on here, but I'm having a panic attack and I don't know why I have flown a lot. Hell, I flew to Hawaii for our honeymoon in the middle seat. That's a several hour flight. I've never had a panic attack before. Um, and so she says, step off the plane, get some air, which I eventually then calmed down, but I'm flying back now. And I'm thinking to myself, something is not right. I've had this fatigue issue. I've been, you know, just, I felt off. I've had depression, you know, just, I've had deep, dark, and we'll get into that in just a minute, but I've had really dark, bad thoughts. And, um, I'm just getting like each day I'm going and I'm falling into a worse place. 
now I'm having this itching attack. I don't want to go out on the, in the night in Vegas. And now I'm having a panic attack on the plane. So I schedule an appointment with the doctor. I go into the doctor and he, I've, he's been my doctor for 20 some years. And I tell him what's going on. And I'm thinking I'm going to get blood work and CT scans and all of this stuff. And he actually says, Ronnie, man, you've got depression. You've got depression and you have been internalizing your depression and all of the stuff that you've been going through, which I've not even touched on all of the stuff that I went through in the last two years, but you've been battling that and internalizing that for so long that it is now physically taking over your body and you need to get, you need to get chemically balanced. And I was, um, I think even more depressed after hearing that because now being a man, I wasn't strong enough to actually fight this issue that I had, because as men were told, you know, just buck up, yeah, deal with it. Throw some know? dirt on it. Exactly. So um, I got to wrap up this story because Matthew Blades is going to be jumping on here in just a second. As a matter of fact, he's on. Let me, let me, let me just add him to the stream. Matthew, can you hear me, buddy? I sure can, man. I'm, fin- me, guys? Uh, I'm finishing up a segment real quick. So stand by. I'm finishing telling my story. And then we're going to bring you on here real quick, okay? I'm hanging back. Okay, I'll, just hang I'll tight. just be listening. Fantastic. So um, I, I, anyway, fast forward, then I'm now being told by my doctor that I have depression and that all of this anxiety and stuff is stuff from internalizing for the last two years. And I'm having a hard time even coping with that. And I, um, I'm like, man, I got to get this off my chest. I don't know how to talk about it. I'm scared to talk about it. I'm ashamed. I am ashamed that I am such a puss that I cannot deal with this stuff. I, I have to ask for help. Um, and you guys will never, I'll never forget this day for the rest of my life. We were out by Lone Jack and we were hunting and filming a segment for Heartland Waterfowl. Rainy day. It was a rainy day. It was just you two and Nate Meyer and I. Um, and the birds were holding tight. They weren't flying. And you know how it is. We're just sitting in the blind, shooting the breeze. And then there was a quiet moment. And I just felt this weight on my heart. Like I need to say something. And I said to you guys, I said, um, Hey, I need to tell you something. And, um, I, you know, maybe Dakota, maybe you can kind of express what you remember about that conversation. Uh, I just remember you saying, you know, uh, you telling us about, you know, the depression stuff and that you were kind of like in a spot to where you're like, I just, I don't feel motivated, motivated about anything. I right. don't feel, you know, I'm, I'm looking for some direction. I need, you know, I need something to be fired up about. I need something mm-hmm. to, you know, light my fire again. Right. And I remember this legitimately acting like I had a WWE uh, <laughs> chair in my hands because I've been saying this for years now that you need to start a podcast. I remember saying to you and acting like I was hitting you over the head and said, how many times I got to hit you over the head with this podcast stuff? Like, right. And my thing from the beginning has always been like passions and skill set. Like you've got the skill set and you have the passion for it. Like when those things align. And I always thought that that would be the perfect thing to ignite some sort of just anything that would get you fired up about something. So well, the other part of this that we haven't discussed yet was that it was at the same time that I was going through all this, <clears throat> my wife and I found out that we were pregnant. And not only were we pregnant, but she was seven months pregnant right. and, and we didn't know it. And now, surprise, you've got two months to prepare for a new baby. And we had just had a baby back in like so a year ago. It was right. actually 12 months before. The stars were perfectly aligned not to know. So I'm in absolute complete freak out mode. 
Like what is going on with my life? Like ever, I cannot do anything right. Like I can't, I can't catch a break. Yeah. It's you were it, in like sensory overload that it was. day. It was just like too much stuff at too, at, at all at the wrong time. Right. So all of that being said, um, Dakota pretty much just got up in my face and was like, bro, I've been telling you for years to do a podcast. You know, I've got 22 years of radio experience and I'm not trying to say that I was ever the greatest radio personality in the world, but I had the years of experience that gave me the confidence to, to do something like this. And, and with, I, 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 let me back up one, one about one thing though. After that hunt that morning, you guys filled me with love. I mean, and this is where I get a little bit of emotional because I was so scared to say anything. I was so ashamed and I was afraid of what people were going to think when there was a time in my life when I didn't give a damn what anybody thought. I, I beat to my own drum. And, and I think that was part of where I was able to succeed in life because I just did me. Somewhere along the way, I let the fear of what other people thought of me creep into my head. You called me that night and you made me cry my eyes out mm -hmm. because you called me and you said, hey, man, and I'm thinking you're calling me about the Wyoming or about an, another trip or something that we had to do. And you're like, bro, I just want you to know that you've been on my heart and you've been on my mind and I am scared for you because we talked about while we were out there that I had suicidal thoughts. Now, right. I don't think I ever had the balls to go through with it because I love my kids too much, but there was times where I feel like I can't win and maybe it would just be easier if I was dead. Mm -hmm. And I told you guys that. And, and I, you called me that night and said, man, I love you. I'm here for you. You've been a mentor to me. And if there's any way I can be there for you, I want to be there. And I was like, let's do this podcast thing. I don't know what I'm doing, but I need to be with in a circle of people that I can trust that I know that I can love and I can not be ashamed to talk about what's going on here. And, and so here we are. This is actually the Papa Ron podcast is because of a moment that I was in the field with these guys and, and I was at my most vulnerable moment when I finally opened up and expressed myself and, and Dakota was the guy who stepped up and said, dude, we're going to do this podcast and called me later that night and just, you know, gave me your love and support and encouragement and, and gave me peace of mind to know that I don't need to be shame or ashamed. And that is what has brought, um, the pop around podcast to what it is here today. Yeah. I, uh, I just, I had, you were on my heart and, um, I, when I remember calling you, uh, I, I remember saying, I don't, I don't let this kind of stuff slide. You know, when you, when you're felt called to, you know, reach out to someone, um, you don't set that aside. So, uh, that's, that's kind of what stemmed that phone call of just, you know, I've been there, like, I understand where you're at and, uh, I'm glad that, you know, that conversation was had. I am too. I am too, because I'm having a lot of damn fun doing this. So, that's my story. That's how the Papa Rod podcast became what it is today. Um, and there was another very uh, pivotal moment in this process of me trying to figure out who I am and, and what is this depression thing and how do I get through this. And with that being said, I am so stoked to talk with Matthew Blades here in just a bit. I've looked up to this guy for years as a radio personality talent. For those who are listening or maybe watching on the YouTube channel and, and from Kansas City, you might remember him from his days on Mix 93.3. A couple months ago, Matt and I reconnected after about 20 years, and it wasn't to discuss the old radio days. When we come back, we're going to discuss the old radio days some, but we're going to sh also share why he left radio, what it is that he's doing now, and why it is that it's so important for me to have him as the first guest 
on the all-new Papa Ron Podcast. You're listening to the Papa Ron Podcast. Keep up to date on new podcasts, new discussion topics, and future casts. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Search Papa Ron Podcast and be sure to like and leave a comment. Now, back to the show. Here again is your host, Ronnie Phillips. Don't forget, next week on the show, we're going to be talking about the annual Heartland Premier Charity Golf Classic. The golf is on Friday, June 3rd, with the premiere the next night, Saturday, June 4th. We'll be discussing the charity that we've been chosen, which is the Restoration House of Greater Kansas City that houses, protects, and rehabilitates victims of human trafficking. That's next week on the Papa Ron Podcast, so don't miss it. I am so stoked, so freaking stoked about this guest. Let's uh, let's do this because this is going to be a weekly feature on the, the Papa Ron Podcast. It's called Ronnie's Radio Rewind. Now on the Papa Ron Podcast, it's time for Ronnie's Radio Rewind. Radio Rewind. Uh-oh, you ready? Because nobody can do... Shut up. Like Black Eyed Peas and Jay Timberlake can do. Where's the love? <laughs> Number one tonight. I'm in Santa 3.3. Yeah! Oh, man. Black Eyed Peas, Justin Timberlake, where is the love? It's the Mix 93.3 music. I'm Matthew Blades. Who are you? Nothing. Oh, that's Justin Timberlake. We're going to hear from him in just one second. Who are you? This is Sarah. What's up, Sarah? You're call number nine. Awesome. Nice work. You got the new 50 DVD and the new 8 Mile DVD. As long as you can tell me, what was song number eight tonight? Eight, don't want to try. Frankie J. Nice. Number five. 21 questions, 50 cents. Number three tonight. Magic six, 50 cents and Little Kim. And the number one song of the evening. Justin Timberlake and Black Eyed Peas with Where's the Love. Nice work. Yes, you Congratulations. 50 cents new DVD called The New Breed, 8 Mile on DVD, which stars the Eminem and Eminem. Do you have any tickets to uh, Red, White, Boom yet? No, I don't. Girl, hook it up online, Mix93.com, where you can listen to Rocket and Teresa. They'll have more tomorrow morning, okay? All right, thanks. Nice work. Can you uh, can you give me big kisses right here? Mm-hmm. Back at you. There's more coming, buddy. What is that? That is just an unbelievable moment back there. Where did you find that? Two weeks. Connie. You know, I have an aunt named Connie, and I was fascinated to learn at the age of 12 that her really miss Constance. Is that the case with you, too? Yes, it is. You like the name Constance, or you pretty much go with Connie all the time? I go with Connie. Everybody else calls me Constance, but I hate that name. Too close to constipating. <laughs> <laughs> All about the music. More people listen to Mix 93.3 than any other radio station. It's a variety of music. Kansas City, make it us number one. Number one. It's 9 o'clock. My name is Matthew Blake. Number one hit music this hour from Boom Age Performer Kelly Clarkson, Matchbox 20, and Mix 93.3. Kansas City. Now, usually I don't do this, but uh. I love this. Matthew Blades. This is so good. Check this out. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah. Blah, blah. All right, so this is so cool. Well, it's kind of cool. So I have this friend of mine who uh, is a former intern on my show. You remember this? And she started kind of I am in this guy. No. And they started in (laughs) ruining this telephone romance. He lives in California. She doesn't. (laughs) And, well, they decided that they would hook it up. And that they would decide to meet each other. They had sent pictures, but who can trust them, I guess. I was very scared for my little friend, Margaret. And turns out, they hung out over the weekend, and finally I've got her on the telephone. What exactly went down now? Nothing. We just didn't click. Like, we, there was, like, no chemistry. It See? was, like, weird. 
Because he, he wasn't attractive. Spent the entire weekend together. He wasn't attractive. No, that wasn't it at all. He didn't think you were attractive. No, that definitely wasn't it, please. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you know, it was like, it was just weird. Like, there was no, there was no sparks. Oh. Like, and we tried, dude. We tried two days. And finally we tried like, to do it. We tried. Like, yeah, it is different. You just let it go. So, yeah, we talked about it. And we were like, dude, we should just be friends. And then, I mean, I still spent the rest of the weekend with him, like, the next two days. And Did you still, like, sleep in the same bed? Yeah. The whole time? <laughs> yep. Did he try to... <laughs> At first, but when we were trying to be, like, together, yeah. And then, like, after, no. You couldn't do it? No. You were like, you know what? You're not the one. Yeah. I'm holding out for my boy, Mateo. <laughs> Obviously, because you are the one. That's right. <laughs> All right, baby. Well, go ahead. I know you got to do. All right, cool. Hang on just one second. More show right after this. Son of 93.3. Oh, Mr. Matthew Blades. Wow. Woo! That is incredible, man. Dude. That is absolutely incredible. That is so fun. That is so fun. You were doing nights, I think, about the same time I was doing nights over at Q104. 2003-ish, 2004. Does that sound about right? Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right, man. That was a walk down memory lane. And I'll tell you, that former intern, Margaret, went on to work in New York City for wow. United Stations Radio Network. She became what? the vice president of programming. She left, and now she works for a boutique film agency, and she designs sets. Wow. Look, what, look at the impact you had. Ass. Look at the impact you had on her life. Oh, listen, she's one of a handful, man. I just, um, <laughs> well, I mean, well, well, I, I just really took good care of my interns. I, I was so lucky because when I got into radio, uh, I had a guy named Jerry Dixon and Tony Fly. They were kind of my two. Tony dudes. Fly from KDWB, Minneapolis, St. Paul. That's it, man. Hello, God, it. how do you not love Tony Fly? Yeah. So Tony was my dude and we hung out a lot and he was really, really helpful. And he just, you know, he, he was one of those guys who took time. He listened to my air checks. He, he, he showed me how to do things. Uh, and then Jerry, man, Jerry got to a point where, you know, he would, he would lay breaks on reel to reel and he would just, wow. you know, I probably should, I, I'm going to say it anyways, he would just leave for like an hour and I would <laughs> run the radio station. Right. Um, but, but, that kind of confidence that he that he put in me dude i mean you know it set me up for a hell of a, a hell of a run so um are you from the twin cities yeah minneapolis is uh is home so so were you interning for tony i was <clears throat> that's where it all started yeah so it all started even uh even smaller than that it started at a little place called the bebop cafe in I think it's in Blaine, Blaine, Minnesota. It's like a um, nightclub slash sports bar. Okay. And I was doing teen night and Tony Fly came and did his two hour appearance. Yeah. And we became total buddies. And um, I was just like, you were you know, total I, super fan though. You were total um, super fan. No, I, you know, what's interesting is I didn't totally know I wanted to be in radio yet, but um, I went in to see him and I was like, okay. This is, I could see cool. myself in yeah. this space. Wow. I could see myself in this space. And, you know, Tony, that was back then when everybody had 15 interns and uh, we, we, we all went on to have, you know, great, great careers. I mean, sure. every, I think of every one of Tony's uh, 
people, man. And um, even the guys that did make it to big markets went to places like Raleigh and spent 15 years. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So they had these these great success stories. So you were also, um, because I know a lot of people that came from the Minneapolis market did a little time at KCLD. And I think I saw that you that did some- first station. Right. So Wes McCain, are you familiar with who Wes McCain oh, yeah. is? Wes McCain, really good friend of mine. Um, he was at uh, WIFC at the time that I was at WDEZ in Wausau, Wisconsin. Okay. Um, and then, of course, he went on to Milwaukee. I saw that you were in Milwaukee for a time. Were you right. at 103.7 KISS FM? No, I, um, the, I went to Milwaukee to replace the legendary Reitman and Miller who oh, were on okay. WKTI. Okay. And uh, that didn't work out so well. So it's oh, okay. It worked out bah, great, bah, actually. Bah, bah, bah. We ended up coming to Phoenix. We ended up coming to Phoenix, gotcha. which was perfect. W, uh, Washington, D.C. Was that before? I can't remember. That that was after Kansas City, right? I did two tours in D.C., man. I got fired from the same radio station twice. Um, How I did, did they fire Matthew Blades? <laughs> station went off the air. Okay. The first time they flipped format. And uh, it was a funny story because they brought us all in and uh, we had like this 10 o'clock meeting, which for a night guy is like murder. And uh, so immediately I'm like, something's up. And so we get in, the program director has got this consultant sitting at the table and he's talking about how the station's going to sound different and we're going to play different music and this and that. And everything he's saying is the only thing in my head is um, none of this. None of this is what you do. None of this is mm -hmm. what you do. Mm -hmm. And um, I was young and hot, and so I left. I, you know, I kind of walked out of the building and and uh, came back about four o'clock and knocked on my PD's door, and I was like, "Hey, man, we need to talk." And he goes, "We do. Have a seat." And he got up and he shut the door, and that's when he said, uh, "Yeah, you're done. You're done here. We're gonna we'll pay out the rest of your contract." But wow, uh, at least they did that. Oh yeah, we had I had solid. You know, I, both times, man, I worked for a great company in Bonneville. And they they were just exceptional to to work for in both cases. Both cases they honored uh, my contracts and and to the to the nth degree took right. care of us. Right. And so then you came to Kansas City. Mm -hmm. How long were you at Mix? So I did Mix for about two and a half years, and then yeah. DC called me back. They yeah. had revamped the radio station that I was then on, and wanted me to come back and do their morning show. Was Jr. your PD at Mix, or was it? Um... I just had it in my head. Who was your PD? Oh, no, it was John Zellner. John Zellner, thank you. Who's now, is he still at Sirius, uh, Sirius um, XM? No, no. Nope. John John pretty much runs the show at iHeartRadio now. That's so right. He's, I did hear that. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's El Presidente. Oh, good for him. Solid yeah. dude. I always love John. So, you know, John's one of my closest friends good. Uh, to this day. Good. And, and the reason, the reason I came to Kansas City was because John said to me, you're going to meet your wife here. He said the and same thing to Lucas too. Did he? Yes. Lucas told me the same story. This guy's a trickster. <laughs> but you did, did right? I did meet my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did. I, I met, uh, I met uh, Nickley, who was a former Kansas city chiefs cheerleader. Uh, she went to KU. She grew up in Chicago and uh, Oklahoma, but yeah, man, she, she was waiting there for me. Incredible. Well, yeah. he was right. John was he right. Was right. He was right, we got man, a lot right, of but... deep emotional stuff that we're going to get into, but I have to ask okay. because I'm a radio geek and, and I got Q. And by the way, I'm sorry. This is the very first podcast. We're videoing this. We got a black magic camera set up over here. I wish we would have had it set up in the feed so that you could see the entire studio and you could see these guys. Um, unfortunately, we weren't able to make that happen. So these guys, actually, they're, they're like, this guy's geeking out on radio right now. But 
They're probably so. Are you guys enjoying it? Like, yeah, I'm impressed. Okay, because this is like I think anybody who listens to radio or has actually worked in radio probably are the only ones who probably care about this conversation. But what is probably (laughs) Uh, one or two, one or two of your favorite moments? And I'm asking because a majority of the people who are probably going to be listening to this podcast are going to are those who are residing in Kansas City. So for those who remember you from the days at Mix ninety three point three, give me one or two of your very favorite moments of working at that station. Besides when you take a call from Justin Timberlake and he says nothing. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> all right. So my, one, probably my favorite story is the story of me going there to interview. Um, again, John's telling me that, you know, I'm going to meet my wife there. The only thing I care about is getting to Chicago. Um, I've left Washington, D.C., which I think is market eight at the time. You know, I've got a six figure salary. I'm making 400 bucks an hour on all my appearances. Like, you good know, my life you. is pretty good. I'm a single dude. Nice. And um, I, I want to keep that rolling. And so I want to get to Chicago where I think I can double or triple that. And that's the only thing that I have in my mind. So, anyways, I board the plane. I get to Kansas City. I meet John uh, for dinner. And John brings a couple of radio guys, uh, record guys with him. And the uh, record guys are a little bit more my speed. They're a little bit more my age. And I don't know if John said, show him a good time, or if we all just ended up having a good time. No, those record guys know how to have a good time. You know this. I know this. This was back in the day when I wasn't afraid of any any kind of booze. Right. And um, so we, we go hard. And... Um, John and I have it worked out that the next morning at 9.30 uh, or 10 o'clock, as soon as he's done with the Rocket and Teresa morning show, him and I are going to meet. Okay. So my alarm goes off the next morning uh, at 8.30, and brutal. I feel like death. Well, sure. Like death. I feel like I'm going to die. I feel yes. like I'm going to throw up. It's the whole thing. It's This is a disaster. I can't even believe this. Get me out of Kansas right City immediately. Such a glorious story. You're yeah. getting such a beautiful moment from me. I love it. I love this, it. Keep this going. is one of the many reasons I don't drink anymore. Okay. <clears throat> But um, so anyways, I get to the radio station at 930. I walk into the front desk and I say, I need your restroom, please, because I can feel my stomach not doing all right. Right. Uh, I go in the bathroom. I throw up. No way. If you're listening from the outside, it probably sounds like so I'm dying. at the radio station. So the, 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 at the radio station at, in, the, in the, the bathroom Westport, right outside the studio. Westport location. So you're at the, yes. you're in the bathroom right behind where all of the homeless people would come and try to steal the cigarette butts, right? I'm so embarrassed. In, I, I know exactly. I, I, <laughs> I can't believe this story. This is great. So I, 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 I get sick. Uh, and, you know, it, that makes you feel better. So sure. I, I get sick. I, I go. I, I see somebody. That I ask for a piece of gum. I go get a cup of coffee. I go in and sit in John's office, and I have the job 30 minutes later. Uh, that's a great story. That's a great story. That is a great story. I'm Um, surprised you took the job feeling like, I mean, you must've had, despite how awful you felt that morning, you must've knew or remembered that you had a damn good time the night before. (laughs) We we did. I don't even remember what we did that night. You don't like, were you at, um, America's pub down below the radio station? You don't, you don't remember where you're at. We started somewhere on the plaza. Okay. And I think we, we might've ended somewhere down in the river market. Okay. That's awesome. But it was, uh, it was, it was really good, man. I'll tell you that. So that's, that's one of my favorite stories from mix. My other favorite story from mix is, uh, um, the night that 
my in-laws, my soon-to-be in-laws are coming to town. So I've just met my wife, my soon-to-be wife, Nickley. We're engaged and all, or we're not, wait, 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 maybe we're not engaged yet. We're just dating at this point. And um, her parents are flying to town and I don't know any of this, by the way. So I'm just doing my night show. And on this particular night show, I decide, this is back when sex parties are a big thing. Uh, I decide that I'm going to have one of the hosts from the sex parties on and I'll invite a few girls to come down and if, and they can just kind of talk about this stuff and we'll just kind of have this open dialogue. And, you know, keep in mind, man, like I'm a night guy. I'm 28. Yeah. Uh, Working um, top 40 radio. So you got a very young crowd listening. At, yeah, absolutely. My people are banging. I know Ooh. it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love, it. So, I love it. So we're doing this show. We're doing this show. And um, the next day we go to meet uh, her folks for dinner and uh, her mom opens up with, that was a pretty interesting show last night. Oh no. It literally was the first exposure her mom and dad had. To oh, she picked her no. parents up at the airport and she said, I'm dating a guy. He's a radio dude. <laughs> and she turned on the show. <laughs> Isn't that great? Okay, so you know that the, the in-laws are coming, or the potential future in-laws are coming into town, right? Yeah. You know what you're going to do on the show this night. Do you not discuss, like, hey, when you pick them up, you might not want to tune in tonight. Like, any other night would be good, but this is not the first impression that I want to be giving your parents. Oh, man. You didn't plan that one out very well. De- I made a deal with the devil a long time ago that the audience came before anybody else. Uh, and, yeah, uh, that's the smart way. Yep, I get it. I get know, it. And it was that. one of those things where it was like, I'll tell you what, if anything, when that feeling came, that was a, that was a clear message to me to go for it. That was like, (laughs) that was, that was the body sending me the signal saying, yes, that's authentic. Yes. Do that. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks for sharing those stories, man. And you've worked in radio for nearly three decades. And and, and after all of those years of success and then going on to host, I mean, it is hard. I mean, just for the guys in the room who don't understand the industry. Like, Who's in the room, by the way? I want to say hi to them. Yeah. Here. Well, let me do this. See if I can. There's. Am I, am I doing it right? Can you see? There's yeah. Quentin. Did hey, I pass? Quentin. There's Dakota. Hey, Dakota. Right, right on. So they're on my, um, they're, they're producers and contractors that we hire for Heartland Waterfowl. Um, right and as you heard the story, they're a big reason of why I started the Heart, the Papa Ron podcast. Anyway. Um, what I was getting ready to say was that these guys don't understand that, you know, much like yourself, I was also doing nights with, you know, kind of that, that slammer personality, you know, phoners and bits and bang, 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 and you're in and you're out and you're just continually engaging with your listeners. That's what radio was. I love doing radio, but I got to a point where I didn't love doing nights and I wanted yeah. to work my way up to, um, you know, you know, getting into a better day slot because it, slots paid better, you know, at least on, on country. So, but you can't do slammer radio on middays. It's very, very much more vanilla. Yeah. My, where I'm going with this is, is that you evolved by taking that personality from doing nights and then ended up getting a morning show in freaking Phoenix, Arizona, which like that is an incredible radio market, no matter what genre you're talking about, very competitive, uh, at least. So I spent a little time in Tucson, so I'm very familiar with the Phoenix market and um, I just loved it. I loved that market. And it was just like, it's like that first time you go into a large market radio um, 
and, and you listen to what radio is supposed to sound like, and you're just like inspired, yeah. like, yes, that's what Phoenix was for me. Um, uh, so anyway, you that's hit what all the big markets smell and taste like to me. You yeah. Know, it's just, uh, I tell everybody when you when you get to that level, when everybody's a pro, when mm-hmm. everybody yeah. is a pro, when right. everybody is standard over feelings, right. it's a completely different situation. Mm-hmm. And um, there, is an, there is something cool about that. You're right. I love it. I love it. But you decided that uh, at, even after landing a morning show in Phoenix, Arizona, <laughs> that uh, maybe this isn't what you're going to do anymore. Um, so basically, I'm going to put you on the spot here, and I want you to to tell us your story and why after three decades of being incredibly, incredibly successful, and by the way, an inspiration to me, I've always been a super fan of Matthew Blades. I never That's wanted to cool be to that, about that super geek about it, so I just stalked you on social platforms <laughs> and whatever occasionally because they always had the webcam in the in the on the websites, you know, and then they would have the way that you could instant message and every once in a while, while I'm doing my show at the same time you're doing your show, I'm stalking you. It's like, look, hey man, love your show, you're doing a great job, whatever. And then Matthew was like, "Thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, pal." <laughs> He was busy talking to Justin Timberlake, man. Yo, listen, man. I had batty, shit going on. Batty, batty going girls on. calling in. You don't want to talk to Ronnie Phillips at the country station over here down by Winstead's. Uh, anyway, man, tell us the story. Let's get into it deep. Um, why, after three decades of being incredibly successful in radio and living in a beautiful market like Phoenix, Arizona, why did you walk away? Yeah. Well, the answer is my, my, my body kind of started talking to me pretty loudly. And uh, I got to a point where I couldn't ignore it anymore. That's really the, 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 the height of it all, right? It was in, oh, man, I guess we go back almost a year to the date where um, I kind of felt, and I don't know, I kind of joined late, so I didn't hear some of what you said early on, but some of that unraveling that you talked about, some of that. You um, and I had a conversation, though, and you, you, we had very, very similar stories and symptoms. Yeah, certainly, certainly. So, I end up getting uh, something called shingles, and I have no idea about this shingles business. To me, it's like some shit old people get, and I have like I'm not I'm not there yet, right? I'm not supposed to get shingles, but what what I found out was that you know, for anybody who had chicken pox growing up, if you come if you have like some stressful episode in your life, there's a really good chance that it could activate the shingles. So shingles are, they're like these, it's like this weird rash that comes Mm -hmm. on your torso or your face. Dude, I'm going to tell you right now. So I was lucky enough to get them on my face, (laughs) which was out of control, out of control, painful. So I, I love to articulate this because there's a lot of people who hear those ads for like, the shingles shot and, da, 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 and they, they scoff at it. And I'll be honest, I was probably one of them. So when you get shingles, what, what they are is think about it like this. Every single time you move, you have an inflection, you smile, you talk, you breathe. It's like an electrocution on that little sore, that little rash part. So if you have 15 of those on your face and mm. one in your eye, every time you move, it's like, and it, and it, it's unbelievably unbearing. You, you just, it's, uh, people always say it's the worst pain they've ever felt. And, um, I'll tell you, it's, I don't know if it's the worst pain you've ever felt, but it's a really interesting, deep neurological kind of pain. I mean, it feels like it's gripping your brain. 
And um, so I went off the radio for three weeks because I couldn't talk. And you know what happened in that three weeks was I started to feel pretty good about myself. I was like, all right, I got some rest. I got some sleep. I started taking care of myself. I really just kind of paid attention to myself. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, three weeks later, I felt like a brand new human. And um, I need to back up a little bit because about four months before all of this, um, my, the radio station I'm working for comes to me and they say, uh, hey, listen, you know, times are tough. COVID numbers are here. The company's got a formula. Here's what the formula looks like. And it ended up being pretty close to 50% of my salary that I was being asked to take a reduction on. And, um, you know, I'm at a point in my career where taking 50% away of my salary still leaves me with a really modest salary, right? Like still what most people would, I think, be very happy to make. Mm -hmm. But it's a very different lifestyle for us. There's no way around it. Right. Just a few years prior to that, my wife and I have just bought our dream home. You know, we got we're doing all the things. The kids are doing everything. We're saying no to basically nothing. And we're running like hell, man. We're just mm-hmm. absolutely go, go, go. Just like I think so many people were. We wore that badge of busy like it was a, a badge of honor or something like that, you know? Um, so okay, so then let's go after the shingles. So after the shingles, um, I feel better and I feel really good. And I say to my company, Hey, I'll take on some more radio stations and I'll, I'll make up some of that money that, you know, y'all just took away. And, um, my good friend, was this an iHeart? So this is an iHeart station. So then they're syndicating Mm -hmm. the show from Phoenix. No, no, they weren't. It was something totally different within them that I, that I did. It was a completely different, a separate effort that I was recording and I was doing, kind of a version of syndication for them on the East coast in some smaller markets. Okay. Um, and then I, uh, was given an opportunity to do the night show in my hometown of Minneapolis on cities 97, which was one of my favorite radio stations ever growing up. Sure. And so I took that too. Um, and so I'm doing my morning show from five to 10 and then I'm doing these nine radio stations and then I'm doing the night show on cities. And, uh, they, they, put a studio in my home so that I didn't have to stay at the station, you know, the entire day. But you know, man, I'm starting to like, I'm working from four 30 in the morning until six o'clock at night. I'm still talking. And, um, I was getting really worn down. And, um, if I'm being really truthful, I'm starting to have some moments here where I'm, I'm feeling really unstable. Uh, I'm, I'm not good in my own skin. I'm pretty sure I don't like what's going in and around me anymore. I feel like I'm just like I'm grinding. I feel like all day, all night, all I'm doing is working. I'm never reaping any of the benefits from from having this this job and our life. And, you know, my wife's busy. My kids are busy. I'm not seeing them. I'm just like I'm frustrated. And I'm just thinking, what am I doing? Why? Why am I continuing to deal? Why do I continue to put up with this? Why don't I mm-hmm. find something different? Why don't I mm, do something, right? right? But I had a year left on my contract. And um, you know, I am a man of integrity and sure. I, I I a lot of that stuff has left our world and I still think there's value in holding on to your word and um and so I tried I tried to hold on to my word and I worked like hell until I got my first panic attack. And, um, then I got my second panic attack and 
for anybody listening that's ever experienced panic attacks, you know how just violent they can they can seem and feel. And um, the scary part for me, Ron, was that um, they came during the night. So they were nocturnal panic attacks. They're what they're called. And so like both times, 2.30 in the morning, boom, out of a dead sleep, just wake up with your heart racing 1,000 miles an hour, feeling like you're having a heart attack. It's unbelievable. Mm. Mm. So I kind of recover from those two episodes. And that's really when the inner dialogue is, is, is in my head. And I'm really, really, really in my head right now. Um, and I am, as a result, probably a complete prick to just about everybody around me because I just don't have capacity for, for anything, for really anything. That's just the truth. Heart, barely myself, mm-hmm. barely myself. Um, and, uh, I just kind of have this moment with my, with, with my, my brain where I'm kind of thinking, what are we doing? You know, and some of that stuff you alluded to earlier, you know, is it just going to be better if I throw myself in front of this enormous mm-hmm. truck right now while I'm on my walk? Yeah. Would that just, would that, would that just be easier for everybody? And, you know, of course the answer is no, because right. as I tell people all the time, suicide is a temp or su- suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I like you didn't think that that was in the cards for me and didn't, and knew that I wouldn't go down that road, but man also kind of felt like I was a pretty smart guy and I, and I had done some therapy before in the early, uh, or in the late nineties and the early two thousands and tried to get some things under control. And I think I alluded to earlier that I don't drink anymore. And mm-hmm. I, you know, so I did some therapy after I set alcohol down just to kind of have some help along the way. Um, but really then that third panic attack hit and on that third panic attack, dude, I mean, to tell you that I was convinced I was dying and what your audience needs to know and understand about me is that when my father was 47 years old, he had a heart attack and he died right in front of me. Mm. And I, I tried to save my dad's life. I tried CPR. I tried everything and I couldn't, I couldn't save my dad's life. So, uh, you can only imagine sort of the, the, the mark that that's going to leave on somebody. I mean, you're, yeah. you're, you're a father, right? When I tell this story to other men, I say, you're a father. Think about this. You're a dad. Which one of your kids do you want to watch you die? Mm. None of them. Right. That's horrible. That's horrible. Yeah. Makes me want to throw up just thinking about it. Dude, it's just, it is nauseating. It's just one of those things that nobody should have to experience. We all know our parents are going to die. We know they're going to go before us. But, you know, as I write in my book, it's like, why did I have to be there? Why did I have to be there? And uh, on top of that, why did I have to be the one that like tried so hard to save his life and couldn't? Mm -hmm. And there's two answers to that question. The answers are, because I had to be there to know everything happened. And so I can help other people heal. That's it. That's it. So I get that third panic attack. My heart's going off. I'm 47 years old, the same age my dad is when he died. I'm pretty sure I'm dead too, right? This mm-hmm. is what's in my head. Sure. So 
the crazy thing is that I go. So if, if you like, I'll explain what happens. So 2.30 in the morning, boom, pop out of bed. Heart's racing. I can't get myself under control. I'm completely erratic. I don't know what your experience was with yours. Did you? Because you had a panic attack, correct? On an airplane. On an airplane. That's right. Yeah. So mine, mine was like you know you start speaking almost in tongues. You don't make any sense. You're you're just pacing. I remember turning on the shower and then not wanting to shower. And then I was like, I'll take a bath. And I got undressed and I got in the bathtub and then I got out and I put on my bathrobe. And then we walked around the block a couple of times. And my wife was just trying to get me to like, hey, 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 just come calm down, just bring it back. Right. But but I I literally couldn't. And it like. Two and a half hours later, it's 5 a.m. <clears throat> My morning show is on, and uh, we pre-recorded the first hour. And like, I got a decision to make: do I go to work, or do I go get some help? And like every stupid man listening, I went to work and uh, did my job, and I yeah. pushed through. And I thought, well, it'll be okay. I'll I'll figure this thing out later. And I start talking about what happened on my morning show. And I start describing the things that I'm feeling. Next thing you know, the phones are lighting up. Blowing up. And it's and it's doctors, nurses, wow, ER physicians. And every one of them is saying, you need to go to the emergency room right now because you might be having a stroke. Whoa. And I thought, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, what in the world? And I don't know, you know, so anybody who's kind of been going down the spiral knows, like, you get to that, and you, I think you said it early on. You said you get to that point where you're like, fuck is going on with my life yeah why can't i get this together yeah another hit yeah. are you kidding me i'm having a stroke now right so my wife and i go to the hospital and because of um all the heart history in my family and the fact that i'm the same age as my dad who died from a sudden heart attack we get a front row seat to the hospital we we're, we're hooked up to every single monitor we run every single heart test under the planet earth they call in the head cardiologist from the hospital to come in and look at my stuff to make sure that I'm okay. And every single test comes back and says, cheers, Mateo, your body's fine. (laughs) Cheers, man. So now you're even more upset because you don't have any answers. Really? I'm at a place where I say, I know what I have to do now is the truth. Really? So you did that. The answer was you needed to get step away from radio. It was, I had to, well, I didn't know I needed to step away from radio, step away from radio. What I did know is that I had to go to work with the real reason that I had all this anxiety and depression to begin with. Gotcha. That's what I had to do. I, I, that stuff wears us down. Like you cannot even believe I've come to learn doctors have a name for it. It's called oxidative stress. And so when we have a stressful response in our life, whether it's a fight with our spouse or a tense moment at work, there's an energy release in our body. And if we don't do something to move that space in a healthy way, it will find its way to all the crap in your body. That's why we get neck aches. It's why we get back aches. It's why our hip hurts. It's why our knee hurts. Mm -hmm. Uh, And because you notice those pains that I just referenced, they're not there 24 seven. Usually they come and go. They come with your stress. And so um, my body was literally screaming at me, Ron, right? It's mm-hmm. it's going, hey, buddy, we're going to give you shingles. Wake up. Yeah. Hey, buddy, we're going to give you a panic right. attack. Wake up. Yeah. Okay, you didn't wake up for the first one. Well, here's another one. You yeah. don't want to wake up? Okay, here's the third one. We're going to make this one really big. Yep. Um, and uh, so that was July. It's what I call my crash day. It was, uh, was July 12th uh, last summer 
where um, I checked out of the hospital at 2.30 in the afternoon and uh, the, went home. And the very next day uh, was, was calling places and trying to find some retreat that I could go to uh, where I might get some holistic healing and try to find myself again because I felt completely, completely lost. Wow. 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 Yeah. There's a lot of similar, other than the fact that I only had one panic was enough for me. One, yeah, one right. panic enough for me. Should have been enough for me too, Ron. Should have been enough for me too. Before I think you came on here, I was telling these guys, like it was so scary. It was a, I need my mommy scared. Like I'm so scared. I don't want to see or talk to anybody, but the one person that I can trust the most, um, bro, uh, <laughs> Man, I mean, I guess I'm so touched right there by your story that, and, and can relate to it so much that it's kind of hard for me to transition to the next topic. But um, I want to talk about how and why you are here tonight with us on this podcast, because um, I came across a post of yours on LinkedIn on February 23rd. Uh, and that content hit me between the eyes. It was a post that you were going to be a keynote speaker um, at the resilient, is it the resiliency mind and body connection that, that yeah, you, yeah. Just, and so there was like a, that a couple of weeks ago, the resilient, yeah, the mind body connection to pain. It was a resiliency uh, weekend. So there was like a, you, you posted what looked at or appeared to be a magazine article that was inter or interviewing you about your experience, your struggle. Yes. Sir. And so being the super fan of Matthew Blades, the radio DJ, I uh, <laughs> clicked on those pictures and I started reading. And um, I just, the more I kept reading, the more I was like, whoa, I can relate to this. These symptoms are, are like very similar to mine. Um, I then later commented on it and said, man, I'm like, it was almost like empathy that I felt for you because I had been feeling it in, um, I was like, bro, I, I had no idea that you were going through this. Um, I kind of have the same the stuff going on. You got back to me so quick and you're like, let me know if I can ever help. And I was like, yeah, let's jump on a call sometime. Um, and maybe it was like a couple of days later, you and I got on a call and we talked for maybe 45 minutes to an hour or so. Maybe it was longer. I really don't remember. Um, but we shared each other's stories uh, that in many ways were very similar in that it was an eye opening moment for me. And I'll tell you why it was three things because one, I related to someone who had the same issues Two, because you were so genuine and empathetic and, and committed to being there for me. And three, because I felt like you were so comfortable in your skin um, and you had no shame in telling your story. And I was still in the infancy stages of my battle that I was, I was still feeling shame and I was scared and I'm supposed to be a man. And I told these guys earlier, I was like, you know, what are people going to think? Why, why is Ronnie depressed? Like, why is Ronnie experiencing this? He's got nothing. Look at him. He's got a TV show. He's got this going on and that's going on. Like that pussy. What has he got to be depressed about? He's feeling sorry for himself. Get up. You know, like I'm scared to talk to people because this is what I'm thinking. I'm going to hear back. And when I'm sharing this with you, I'm just like, thank you. Thank you. And it gave me the courage to start opening up to people like these guys and and other people in my circle. And what I found, 
not only do people love me and they care about me and they want to be there for me, but guess what? Holy shit, they're going through the same stuff too. Yeah. They have same symptoms. Now, maybe not as extreme as what you and I had experienced, but they've got some stuff too. And they are having dark moments where they've not... I've, Again, you got to be real careful about how you talk about being suicidal. Like you may not be suicidal, but you might have the thoughts, which is just enough in and of itself. Um, but I've, I've had too many conversations with too many people that I couldn't even count that have said, man, I've been in this spot and I've even considered this. Don't think I have the balls to do it, but I've thought about it and but I've never wanted to talk about it because of X, Y and Z and some of the stuff that we've talked about here. So um, I guess with that being said you gave me hope. And this is why it was so important for me because everything that has been, that I've gone through since January, actually (laughs) last two years, but it really came to the forefront in January um, is what started this Papa Ron podcast. This Papa Ron podcast isn't designed to be just about mental health. It's going to be fun. We're going to talk about a lot of different things that I'm passionate about, but I'm passionate about this now because I've endured it. And I have to let the viewers and the listeners understand that the Papa Ron podcast, this is the foundation of why we're here. And these guys helped me out of that hole. You helped me out of that hole, gave me that peace of mind. So um, because you gave me hope, this is partly why we're here and why I wanted you to be one of the first guests on the show. Um, That said, can you recall a significant moment during your journey that gave you the hope and the confidence to press on? much like I'm talking about that, you know, like me talking to you that I I finally was like, Oh, I can press. Yeah. First up, just let me, let me backtrack a little bit and just say that the definition of a man is shifting. And part of the reason that I walked away from my radio career and doubled down on this work that I'm doing right now is to help redefine that. A real man goes to war with his inner demons so that he can be a better husband Mm -hmm. and a better father and a better brother and a better son and all of those things. A real man will go and ask for help when he doesn't have the tools to get things done. Mm -hmm. You'll walk into sportsman's warehouse and you'll buy every fucking tool under the sun to make you a better hunter. But when it comes to your own health, you don't love yourself enough to do that for yourself. Why? That's the question I want men to start figuring out. Why don't you care enough about yourself to want to do this work? And the answer is probably some of what you shared earlier. There's a little bit of guilt. There's a little bit of shame. Somewhere along the way, somebody made you feel those useless, useless emotions, by the way. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, just absolutely useless. And so people understand the definition. Guilt is how you feel about something. Shame is how you feel about yourself. And if you feel shame about yourself, holy hell, that's a tough thing to come out of because that's like, that's a whole belief system. That's a whole belief system about who you are. And let me give you a real concrete example. I said a few minutes ago that my dad died and I tried Mm -hmm. to save his life and I couldn't. Right. You don't know it then. Just like you don't know it while you're going through most traumas. But when you're going through these moments, they go on your permanent record and you uh, there's a certain set of beliefs that get set up in those moments. So, for example, when I'm going through the sequence with my father, the, the set of beliefs that are getting put in that moment are like things like you don't know enough. You can't save your dad. You're letting people down. Why can't you do more? Right. And all of those things 
thankfully, mostly from a healthy standpoint, played out in my radio career. And that insecurity mm, of mm. not knowing enough, not being able to be the guy was almost that motivating factor in the first 15 to 20 years of my career mm-hmm. to prove to people that I did know enough. Sure. And I was good enough, man. Yep. And I could save the world. Right. Mm-hmm. And so really, really good focused energy there until I got married and had kids mm-hmm. and my priorities shifted. Sure. And I wanted different things. Yep. And I saw my own parents' energy coming out in me and feeling like, oh, uh, I thought you were going to change a couple of things about that, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. So um, I just wanted to double down on that because to, uh, there, there, there's a, there's a lot of courage mm-hmm. um, to, to raise your hand and say, man, I don't feel like myself right now. Right. I don't know what's wrong, but mm-hmm. I don't feel like myself right now. Yeah. And what we're going to learn, what more people are going to learn is that it's not that complicated to let a little air out of the tires. Um, on my podcast that I have learned from people who lived it, we just interviewed this woman, Melinda, the other day. And I said to her, okay, when you get triggered, when things happen to you, what do you do? And boom, boom, boom. She had three tools in her toolbox right away. She knows exactly what to do when she gets triggered. The problem is that most of us, unless we go do some work, we don't have any tools. We don't have any tools. And so when we get frustrated or angry or somebody pisses us off or somebody cuts in front of us while we're driving to work, we don't have any really good, healthy way to deal with it. We only know what we've been shown. And most of us were raised by dads who were kind of pissed off a lot. Or at least we had a lot of dudes in our life who were big, macho, that kind of male energy. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. And so that's what we were shown. So, of course, that's our example. But now I've got my own boys and I don't want that for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I my, my boys, since they were little, have been assured, have been assured that in there is 100 percent of the time where that where that cry that you're going to have right there is the proper emotion. Don't right. worry about it, buddy. That's yeah. when that's the moment you're supposed to cry. That yeah. That did hurt. That did hurt. You know, you don't need to hold that back. Um, so anyways, I just wanted to, no, to I appreciate to, you to you and anybody else, Thank man, you. that's going to jump into the fire. It takes real courage. And that's, that's a real man right there. Thank you. Do you have that, that, that significant moment though, in, in your journey that really kind of gave you the hope and the confidence to move forward? Yes. So I got, I learned a lot of tools in my retreat, but one of the biggest tools that I picked up was inner child wounds. You and I discussed this at length. Um, And inner child wounds happen to any of us along the way when we get these big T or little T, right? Big trauma, little trauma uh, moments along the way. And, you know, they're not always big, explosive, somebody dies moments, right? Those are certainly traumatic moments. But, you know, growing uh, growing up in a house where you never got your dad's affection or growing up in a house where your mom was always angry or growing up in a home where one of your parents was mentally unstable and undiagnosed their whole life. And you had to walk on eggshells to figure out how to make them all happy. Like all these things happen to us along the way. And it's also worth saying that no child is going to have an unmarked perfect childhood, right? So we, we, we take that into consideration, but when these moments happen to us, 
they go on our permanent record and they become our operating system. So this is what I learned in my retreat, and this is what this will get us to the hope. <clears throat> what I came to learn was, um, and we can take we can take my dad's example for for because it's a great one, and 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 use whatever the hard thing is in your life and use it this same way. But I came to learn that in that moment, all those beliefs were being set up, and so as a result, I'm sort of operating my life based on those beliefs. And that's why I can't say no to people because I'm always trying to show them that I know more, right. that I can do it, that yeah. I got this. Mm -hmm. I'm always adding, I'm always doing. And I did that thing that a lot of us do for a while, which is okay, which is like, you know, hey man, like this is my career. This is what I'm doing right now. I'm in it. And, and there's a certain time and energy for that, for sure. But um, for, for me, man, uh, it just it just got to be got to be too much and so uh, the the inner child work allowed me to unlock the operating system does that make sense mm -hmm. okay so now when my boss comes to me and they say hey we need you to do this instead of the inner child operating system who doesn't know as much who's young who's foolish in a lot of ways going, well, I don't know what I should do here. I want to say no, but what if they don't like me? <laughs> I, that, I mean, you know, that's what's it. going on in the in your head, right? right? It's like, I need to have a conversation with my mom. Oh my God, what'll happen? She's going to freak out, man. She's going to call everybody. What are they going to say? And you really do. Those are, those are super valid thoughts, but they're inner child thoughts. Mm -hmm. That's the way children operate. I tell everybody all the time, People say this about adults all the time. He's acting like a child. She's acting like a child. You are. Your inner child is what you're acting like. And if you don't work on it, it freaking works you, man. Yeah. All day, all night. And so that's where the hope came in. The yeah. hope came in that I might learn some tools so that in those moments where the inner child is trying to show itself and become the operating system. I have the tool sets now to, to settle that voice down and operate from me right here. This adult that you see on your screen who knows some things, mm -hmm. who's confident, who, like you said, is good in his skin finally. Yeah. And um, that's a different way to live your life because you no longer need to control everything. You are simply okay sitting back and letting things happen yep. to you. <sighs> yeah. That's when you can that's when you can breathe. Sure. I mean, I've been that's so, when you can breathe. I've always been that guy who's pro uh <clears throat> proactive, forward thinking, trying to schedule stuff. When I say schedule stuff, like when professionally, I'm terrible at scheduling like vacations or dates or things like that. So I'm I don't want to say that. And then my wife's like, You're you good don't at working. you You're don't ever schedule. Yeah, exactly. Um but I got to a point where like, like when I found out my baby was coming and I was going to be the second child in, you know, 14 months, you know, how am I going to do this career coming up, you know, six months down the road and do this and that. And I finally got to post like, screw it, screw it. I'm not going to, because that's when the anxiety sets in. I'm, I'm going to worry about today. I'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. I'll worry about the day after that today. 
It's what I had to do. It's what I had because to do. Because all your anxiety is 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 past or future. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. All of it. Because if you know, it's a for anybody who's done cognitive therapy, you'll 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 appreciate this. But you know, there's this whole bit about grounding yourself in truth. What's real right here, right now? What's the truth right now? Mm-hmm. And for almost all of us, at least the the five or six uh, you know people that are a part of this production right now, it's like, well, I don't know. Right now, things are good. Yeah. I'm in a chair, I'm in a house, I'm pretty cozy, got a glass of water, pretty mm-hmm. good conversation happening in front of me. I'm pretty good. And it's only when you s- start thinking about, okay, it's Wednesday, Friday, I've got that meeting at three, I need to prepare for that, right? Then mm-hmm. your anxiety begins. Sure. And so for me now, it's just all about these, bring it right back here, man. Yeah. <laughs> bring exactly. it right back here. Because- you know, I could fully understand the anxiety that you that you mentioned of having the addition to the kids and mm-hmm. the family and the surprise and all of that. But but all of that anxiety comes because in your head, you had it orchestrated the way that it was going to go. It, you know, and we all do this, right? All most of us do is like you had the last baby. We're like, okay, here's our plan. Here's what we're going to do. Here's yep. what I'm going to do. Here's what you're going to do. Here's what you're going to do. Cool, and then. Hey, shocker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is not exactly how it's going down. That's right. Um, and, 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 and if you can't surrender that, you're going to be miserable mm-hmm. because the baby's not going anywhere. The baby's coming for you. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. He's, he's coming. So he gets to, to, to meet you. You get another opportunity to put your mark on somebody. Mm-hmm. That's exceptional. Sure. That's exceptional. Blessing. Absolutely. It's, it, it, it is, man. And it's really hard for people to understand that when they're in the thick of it, right? Like I remember when my kids were like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, 10, 11, and you just start, you're like on permanent suicide watch. And it's like, <laughs> they're going to kill themselves at any moment. What are we doing? Where are yeah. we going? You're running everywhere. You're doing all the things. And it feels yeah. like, am I ever going to get out of this? Yeah. Um, you know, and then they get to be a little bit teenagers and you find that, yeah. Yeah, you will. They'll settle down. Their their friends become more important. Sure. You you get to jump back into your life a little bit more. But um it's it's a it's an interesting journey for sure, man. Bro, I appreciate you so much. Um thank you for not only being on this podcast, but thank you for what you've been able to be for me. I mean, I'll just never forget that phone conversation and then I said, "Look, man, I don't expect anything from you. I don't expect you to be my doctor. I don't expect you to cure me." All I ask is that, can you be a friend? Can you be a friend? And when I, when I need to, you know, send a text message and just say, Hey, what's up? And, and I wanted to be that for you as well. And so, um, thank you for being that guy. I guess I just, one last question. What is the future for Matthew blaze? Because I know that you got the podcast. I'd love for you to plug your podcast. Um, what gets you, so is this what gets you excited professionally now is, as have you left radio for good? Let me think about that. You I know, mean, I can I, play the Mix 93.3 uh, air check again because that, part, that, that was probably... That part I'm done with. Okay. That part I'm done okay. with, for right. sure. Okay. That part I'm, uh, I'm done with. Um, you know, here's what I'm working on right now. So I've got this uh, this thing that I've launched. Uh, it's a really a mental wellness movement called Learn From People Who Lived It. There's a lot of power, you know, and I'll just use you and I as an example, Ron. I'm not a doctor, but I was able to be so helpful to you in that moment just based on a few things that I had learned along the way, just a little bit of peer support made you feel like you weren't quite so messed up, right? 
100%. Why don't we do that for more people? So Empathy, that's the man. crux. Empathy. Right? Empathy. It's the, it's the crux of what we do. So learn from people who lived it is going to be more than just a podcast where, you know, so the, it is the podcast where we sit down with folks. We talk about their trauma. We talk about how they overcame it. We talk about how they got to healing, what their tools are, all the things. It's a fantastic listen. It's a little, it's a little bumpy up front, right? Like there's some, there's some heavy stuff up front, but there's yeah. total hope at the end. Sure. Um, and then we're also sitting down and talking with some leaders in different spaces talking about the mind-body connection to pain, talking with mental health experts, wellness experts, shamans, spiritual leaders, the whole gamut of people, right, we want to get in and talk to. But then more than that, we're going to launch programming where we will – I've assembled a team, basically, and uh, this team is uh, all different modalities. There's breathwork specialists, meditation, yogis, um, equine therapy, which is horse therapy, there's a TRE expert, which is the release of uh, your psoas muscle in your hips. And we're going to take this team of people and try to contract with schools, hospitals to get in and offer some in office relief for their staff. Uh, like you said, man, I'm not, we're not going to fix people. That's not really not our goal. Our goal is to go in and let people know they're not alone. Right. And that we can let a little bit of that air out of the tires so they sure. don't feel quite so wound up. So um, I, I'm excited about it, man. It's going to get to a place where I hope we have an entire podcast network of people and um, it ends up being a lot of fun. What's up for you next? Uh, well, I got a podcast called the Papa Ron Podcast. Just launched that tonight. Cheers. Which I need another drink, by the way. Um, uh you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing Heartland Waterfowl and I'm just trying to get myself in a healthy spot, surround myself with some good, positive people who care about me, who authentically love me. And, um, and, and so in it, so I'm using the podcast basically as an avenue to share my experiences with mental health. Um, because, um, <laughs> I probably would have eh, pussy before, unfortunately, I'm just being real. You know, and now that I've experienced it, I want people and men in particular to understand that that is the wrong mindset. But I also um, I'm using this as an avenue to pr promote some of the other businesses I'm involved with, with the TV show, with the chemical and PPE distribution business. Uh, and then I started a voiceover and commercial imaging and all of that Saw radio that. doing the radio stuff, you know, like. Like, hey, I know I can do this. I did it for 22 years, and um, and it makes me feel good. So it's like I can be in radio without working for pig vomit. There you go. You Let know? me put you on the spot. Let me put you on the spot. As a guy who's a little bit earlier on in his journey, um, you know, I'm somebody who's almost a full year into this, and I feel like a completely different human being. Good. Um, for the guys like you who would have screamed pussy, as you say, mm -hmm. uh, you know, up, up until this point, but now they're hearing a conversation and they're, re they're recognizing like, Hmm, maybe there is something, maybe I do need to talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. What can you say to them, man? Well, <clears throat> that was a question I was going to ask you, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, the, for me, and I, look, it's just my experience. I'm not the doctor, right? So I'm not saying it's the right answer, but for what I would say to them is don't do what I did, which is internalize the pain, the anguish, the, the shame and all of those emotion. It was such a roller coaster of emotions. Don't internalize that ever 
and I did it for two years and it nearly killed me. Yeah, man, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Don't give a damn, but anybody else is going to think, go talk to somebody, ask for help, surrender, because if you don't, I'm telling you, it will get worse. And I am so grateful to have these guys and you and there. I, I have a whole crew of people now that, you know, that I've opened up to. And it took a lot for me to actually on this podcast to be as vulnerable as I needed to be to explain to everybody why I'm even doing a podcast in the first place, because I got to this low point and Dakota really hit me over the head with doing a podcast for a multitude of different reasons. Cause I have a lot of different passions, but you know, I wanted to make sure that there was a foundation that people understood that I got to a dark spot and I needed to, to let people know that it's okay. It's okay to talk about it. So yeah. that's, that's when well, it's okay to have the thoughts, man, they're going to come, but you just, yeah. you, you can't hold them down because it just, it makes it, it makes it worse, man. You're, you're spot on with what you said and, Good on you, Dakota, for slapping him over the head with that two by four and getting him to go. And I'll tell you, you you're going to find, man, you're going to find that this podcast becomes your medicine. And um, that's that's real. That's a, that's a real thing. And I say that because that's what we're here to do. If you mm. ever got if you ever look up the old philosopher Ram Das, he's got the great quote, which is we're all just walking each other home. And if you can think about your life that way. Mm hmm. And look left and right daily. Mm -hmm. Look at the people in your home and say to yourself, how am I walking them home? Am I treating them with the kind of care that they deserve and I deserve? Or am I hanging on to shit all yeah. the time? Set it down. Own it. Set it down. Move into your life with all kinds of purpose. Right. Feel better, act better, look better, all the things, man, all the things. And I want to echo something you said in the beginning, which is kind of this overwhelming sentiment of tonight, which is both of us have this. Everything you think might happen might not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's so right. Much. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love you, man. Thank you. Love um, you back, man. This is really, great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I am so grateful that you spent the time and, and, and look again, not only to be on this podcast, but you genuinely cared for me at a, at a very, in the infancy stages of a very tough time for me. And, um, it, it will always, and I told you this in a text message, it'll always be, I'll never forget that moment. I'll never forget. It was pivotal. It was, it was life-changing. Really, it you know, really it was special for me too, man. It really was because, um, like I just said, we're all walking each other home, and there's just so much medicine and helping somebody else feel better. Right. Thank you, it's brother. True. I appreciate yeah, man, you. We're you definitely going to be in touch. All right. All right. Sounds good, Matthew Blades, folks. Again, tell me the podcast. Learn from the people Learn who lived it. People who lived it. You got it. Get on there. Subscribe. Solid dude. Radio legend. And an inspiration to me in more ways than just one. We're going to take a quick break here. Come back. We're going to wrap up episode one of the Papa Ron podcast. You're listening to the Papa Ron podcast. Keep up to date on new podcasts, new discussion topics, and future casts. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Search Papa Ron podcast and be sure to like and leave a comment. Now back to the show. Here again is your host, Ronnie Phillips. Kick it!
right, we're going to wrap up the show. And again, I want to thank everybody for being so supportive of this particular episode because of the amount of motion, raw emotion, and um, excitement also that came into building this very first episode. Dakota Thurn, Quentin Verlinek, Marathon Media Management. Look for up, look them up on uh, Instagram. Uh, go ahead, plug your guys' all of your social di- digital platforms. Yeah, we've got uh, at the real D Thurn. That's my uh, personal handle, and then we've got Marathon Media Management. Um, on Instagram, Facebook as well. That's where you can see all of our creative work. And then also, uh, we, uh, we have a property management company that's called Timberline Properties, which we're spending a lot of time. That's kind of a ground up business right now that we're really putting a lot of effort in and, uh, we're really excited about it. So, um, you can find us on all of those different platforms and Q, he, what, what's your, uh, handle? Uh, Quentin Verlinick. Spell that last yeah, name. Yeah, you got to spell the last name. Uh, V's <laughs> Victor R L E N I C H. It's hard as shit to pronounce. I've known Q for 10 years and still don't get it right. And I write his <laughs> yeah, pronouns. No, you, it's very uncommon, but get used to it. Q V R. Right, no, no, I screwed that up already. Q R. Gosh, damn it. See, we're screwing this up. V-R-E-N-I-C-H. There you go. Verlinic. There you go. Damn it. I also want to take a quick moment here because I need to send an additional thanks to a couple guys who helped me with the production elements to get the show started. These were guys that I worked with in Tucson, Arizona, which was actually Clear Channel, but is now known as iHeartRadio. Rick Hunter and Rich Donovan, a.k.a. Donovan. I'm going to start with Rick because he's actually the voice. Um, He works for iHeartRadio out of Tucson. He's always been an inspiration and a mentor to me. I worked with him during my days in Tucson. Uh, Always a good friend, took time, offered respect, uh, respectful criticism, and always very encouraging and no matter what I did. And for those who are video gamers, he's actually the voice of the main character on the game called Postal. If you're a video gamer, I'm not a gamer, but I found out that he's a big damn deal because of that video game. Uh, another guy that I looked up to who's been very helpful in the production elements of this show is uh, Donovan. And uh, I've always had a tremendous amount of respect for his production and imaging skills. Uh, real solid radio personality as well. He's currently residing in San Francisco uh, and has got his own online radio station and is doing very well. And if you like music from the 80s and the top hits of other decades, you might want to check it out. Uh, it's called CoolFMOnline.com. Rick and Donovan, I love you guys. Thank you so much for all of the support and the time and energy that you put into helping me um, build this podcast. So next week on the show, we're going to be discussing the upcoming Heartland premier charity golf class and charity golf classic to benefit the restoration house of greater Kansas city. Uh, it's an incredible organization with a multitude of houses and, and, and around the Kansas city Metro that houses and protects and, um, rehabilitates victims of human trafficking. It's a topic that I am, or are many that are uncomfortable to discuss, but we feel called to bring it to the forefront. So thank you all for the support and the encouragement. It feels so good to do this. And I'm thrilled to say the Papa Ron podcast is officially launched. So for Dakota Thurn, Quentin Verlinek, and my boy, Matthew Blades, I'm Ronnie Phillips, and I like to party. You've been listening to the Papa Ron podcast. M-A-T-T-T. If you enjoyed this show, hit subscribe now and tell your friends on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, and other social platforms. To participate on the show, leave a message with your comments or questions by calling or texting 816-558-8255.
816-558-6389. That's 816-558-6389. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Papa Ron Podcast. Papa Ron Podcast. Oh.